People, ils ont posé, ils ont tout le monde. For the podcast. Let me take a minute before you smell my breath on the podcast. For the Yeah, so I'm a Florida boy, born and raised. Uh, you know, born in Miami, Jackson. Started my life there, then moved to Broward. Then I went to Tallahassee for college. And then I uh, went to med school and residency in New York. So I lived there almost 10 years. Um, and I ended up in D.C. for some more medical training, Baltimore. And I moved back home about five years ago. And I'm, I've been here ever since. And back at the crib. <laughs> yeah. ain't, nothing, ain't nothing like home, huh? Ain't nothing like home, man. I love it, man. Florida boy down to my bones. <laughs> what made you get in? What made you get into medical school? Because uh, you went to college in Tallahassee. From there, what, 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 like, how did that start? My mom brainwashed me. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, parents, I have parents. We was we, we, we was just talking about being from the Caribbean, man. Everybody know you got Caribbean parents. Like you could be Bill Gates, but. Your parents would choose the doctor son over the over Bill Gates. Oh, absolutely! Right? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. My parents been trying to say doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer. Either one of those. Two. Either one of those. Yes. Uh, you're golden. Um, so I, you know, but but I say that tongue in cheek, but I kind of kind of mean that, man, because you know my mom was a respiratory or is a respiratory therapist. Oh, okay. So, okay. She always kind of emphasized that it was always kind of in my environment. But, but I also have pretty bad asthma, and I used to, you know, go visit the doctor. So do I. Okay. So, so yeah. I feel you. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. We need to talk, man. <laughs> Not to get too medical, but um, uh, because of that, I, I was always, you know, kind of, kind of in the whole healthcare, um, you know, arena, I guess. But you know, growing up, I went through all the black boy phases too. And I wanted to be a rapper, wanted to play ball, but I couldn't play ball. Um, and then uh, eventually. Um, I got kicked out of school because I was in the magnet program. Whoa. And it wasn't like I was a bad kid. I was just kind of like, you know, goofy, you know what I mean? So I wasn't really paying attention. So I was in the magnet program, and when they kicked me out of the program, I had to get out of school. So that kind of woke me up, and uh, my senior year, I just kind of got focused, and so I want to be a doctor, and then now I'm here. And do you practice a specific, where do you practice right now? Do you have your own practice? Do you? Yes. So I'm a cardiologist. I'm a vascular cardiologist uh, specifically. I used to work at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach. I used to, yeah, I used to teach um, at Columbia. So I was a professor there. And about two years ago, I said, you know, I like fuck this hospital bullshit. Fuck this uh, academic bullshit. I'm gonna do my own thing. And that's then I, awesome. <laughs> thanks. Um, because yeah, of I know my huh? Was that? My parents have been in the medical field for years, so yeah, I I because my dad's been in the same <laughs> hospital for 15 years and still, you know, I mean, yeah. he's not a cardiologist at all, but you know, kudos because that's some smart shit wow. right there. That's uh, a lot of math. <laughs> way over my head. <laughs> that's really not, but you know. Um, I decided that um, I wanted to be a business person, man. I, and I think I have a lot more respect for entrepreneurs now that I'm doing it. I mean, oh, for real? Talk. Because my whole life, I was in an institution with supports. You know, I was like, you know, I mean, it's hard, but 
you know, I, I knew it was structured. It was everything, I, everything was kind of laid out for me. So it's a difference between, um, you know, overcoming structured goals and then making your own goals and getting there. That's a, that's a whole nother ball game. So entrepreneurs do that every day. And um, it's really humble me to be honest, because that shit ain't, that shit ain't easy when your own thing. But currently I, my, my office is based in uh, South Miami and um, I do a lot of telemedicine now. Um, I also work in a hospital and um, basically I'm just trying to build a shit from the ground up. Okay. And have um, you been around like a lot of Corona patients or have you been around any at all? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been around the Rona. <laughs> and so, um, you know, um, I don't know how deep y'all want to get into it, but. Um, really deep. We really want to go deep. Pause that. Pause that. Pause that. Nah, man. But, um, but yeah, man, let's, let's go because. I mean, this is the biggest thing that that's caused that to rob my plan. But <laughs> that, that happened in our, our entire lifetime, basically. Like, um, uh, I think people are slowly starting to realize um, how big of a deal uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is. And so it's uh, basically changed everyone's lives, right? And I think um, one of the things that most people don't really understand is that Things ain't going back to normal, yo. Like I was gonna say that <laughs> it ain't it ain't no back to normal. It's a red app for that, right? And um, when people like kind of say jokingly, you know, before Corona, after Corona, it, that's really true. It's like really true, right? Remember there was before nine eleven, after nine eleven. Yeah, I already told you this is a bigger deal than nine eleven. So I mean, mm -hmm. just just on, on and it's, it's it's not even close. You know, it's on a whole different scale. I mean, just think about how we're going to view the threat of uh, contagion in the future. Like, uh, our entire society is going to be set up to prevent any mass spread of a virus, right? And so I think one thing that um, is, is going to fundamentally change is, is how we contain um, pathogens. And so uh, mass use is going to be a part of everyday life. It may not be as widespread um, after we get a vaccine or somehow contain it, but it's always going to be there. And you'll see it routinely, like during flu season. I think during flu season, people are going to probably wear masks more routinely, for example. That's something we never did, but now I think people are going to do that. But that's just like, like Mike, that's like nothing, right? I'm, now you want to talk about on a macro level, um, like, on the, like you're going to have actual nations become destabilized because of this, right? It, right. it's causing a, an abrupt economic slowdown. Um, a lot of countries are in a recession right now. We're in a recession, right? Our, some people don't want to say that, though. Yeah, it is. What it is. I mean, some people it's don't want to say that. the reality of it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the economy retracted, what, 4.8% um, last quarter? It, it is what it is, bro. A recession is recession. <laughs> I think people are afraid to call, call it that because of the stigma that's attached to it. But, you know. Yeah. Like a duck talks like a duck. <laughs> it is <laughs> duck. Yeah. yeah. So what it is, but um, a lot of people are under the impression that a lot of um, uh, the economy is going to come back, and it ain't, right? Yeah. I think people just kind of are living with the the, the notion that um, things are going to go back to normal. And people are slowly starting to wake up and realize, like, oh, shit ain't shit ain't going back to normal. I think it's going to hit people more. Um, 
more, uh, it's gonna, people are gonna uh, feel it more viscerally when the economy start to open up more. And so Miami, for example, is set to open up, I think, May 18th. And so- um, Already? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. And, and, and we'll get back to that about um, the reopening of the economy. I have like some real uh, unique thoughts on that. Um, also, yeah, I got it. We got to talk about Clark, that. Yeah, Clark, Clark got some stuff too. Oh yeah, I want to. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, I would love to talk talk more about that. But um, but like, don't forget know, May 18th uh, Haitian Day too. The what? May 18th Haitian Day too. Oh, hey, oh yeah, yeah, we got to talk about Haiti, man. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, but basically, like you know, Carnival Cruise Line. That that's one of our biggest um economic um uh drivers in, in the Miami area, right? Mm-hmm. A big part of the economy in, in Miami is dependent on cruise lines. And uh, Carnival just cut their um, entire staff by like a half. So so that's just an example of things that's just not going to come back. Because who, who the hell is going to take a cruise? Like, if somebody bought my mom a cruise. I'm not. Hey, yo, if somebody <laughs> trying to buy my mom a cruise, I'm like, you trying to kill my mom? <laughs> I know for real. Like, like, I would be offended if you bought my mom a cruise. So, so I'm like, who the fuck is going on a cruise that's 65 mm-hmm. and over, or have any of the risk factors for the coronavirus? They're not. Like, if you're di- diabetic, obese, um, have COPD, moderate to, to severe asthma, um, if you have any of those risk factors, right, you're more likely to die, right? And I think that's kind of like going to be our new norm. And certain in- industries can't can't deal with that drop off of a population. Like like all of us could go back. We're going to be good. But then I think um, society, at least in the short term, is going to be oriented into protecting the vulnerable populations. That's that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. So the question is how how are we going to protect them? What what portion of, of of that population are we willing to lose? And uh, the more we learn about the virus, the more we'll adjust our risk assessment of it. But like right now, we're starting to get more information on it. And then you kind of understand who's at risk and who isn't. And then people are adjusting their behaviors depending on that. And then I think on top of that, um, there's some long-term outcomes that we haven't seen because it's so new. So you might find out that even though you cleared the virus, it might cause some other thing that we didn't know. So but these are all the things that, that we don't know, but things are shifting rapidly as hell. And- um, Do you think that like more strains can come out of this one strain? Um, I'm not as worried about that. I think a lot of people are fearful of this thing mutating and creating a new strain, but that's unlikely depending on the mutation rate. Like it's relatively slow, like compared to HIV or the flu, it's, it's like, you know, a fraction is as, as quick, you know? So I'm not worried about that at all. Um, what I'm more concerned about is, you know, just um, how it impacts different populations. And so the reason why Italy got hit so hard was because a large portion of their population was vulnerable to this virus. Mm-hmm. And what you'll find out is that in addition to um, uh, Italy having an older population, like you might find out that that population might have a certain polymorphism or whatever that makes them more susceptible to um, acute respiratory dis- distress syndrome from the coronavirus. Yeah. You're gonna see that, like we're going to learn more about the virus and, and we'll better be able to identify who's higher risk and who isn't. But we already know, right? We already know, like, if you're diabetic, stay home. If, you're, if you have hypertension, it's crazy because a lot of people fucking have hypertension. But mm-hmm. I think what's, what's more important is that a lot of people have uncontrolled hypertension. 
and I don't have the data to support this, but one of my um, uh, uh, theories, I guess, that's un un untested is whether or not people who don't just have hypertension, but who have uncontrolled hypertension are the ones that are dying at a higher clip. And I think that might be a, a mediating factor in why younger people might be dying from this when they're 30s or 40s. But a lot of people in that age group have hypertension and they don't get it treated because they just refuse to take medication or they refuse to acknowledge it. And so mm -hmm. I think that's kind of like the built-in um, disparities there, you know, because um, if, you're, if you're white, you're more likely to go to a doctor and you're more likely to follow, follow what the doctor says, says, says to you because you trust the system. You trust everything about the system. Like the doctor looks like you, probably your homie, right? <laughs> so like your dog says, yo, you'll take this medication. You're going to listen. You know what I mean? So, and, and you have access. I mean, it's for all, for all the reasons, but you know, if you're, if you're black or brown or poor, <laughs> right, it's, uh, you're not going to have that same level of comfort or access. So um, that, that's just a real thing. Cause a lot of people who do have, have, have access, they don't, they don't listen to what the doctor tells them. They're like, nah, Nah, you work for the system, trying to get me to take this medication, and next thing you know, fuck up my liver. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, especially island people. We don't, we don't really, we don't really like to believe into this. I'm, the system I'm too one much. of those. Like, I get surgery and I walk out the next day. I don't have to stay a week. I don't have to stay five days. I'm okay in my bed. Hey, but, I mean, but I haven't you, regretted it yet. I'm okay, but I'm just saying, I you, am that person. You know your body, so there's like oh, a yeah. right, and I, I think. Um, it's all about your comfort with, with the healthcare system and, and your access to it. So that's, that's, that's when, when we talk about structural racism, like that's what we're talking about, right? Like that's kind of built into healthcare because, uh, the people that have the most issues with that system are black people that's people who are African-American, right? And in particular, the ones who are descendants of slaves, because like relatively speaking, um, Island people don't have as much of a difficulty with the healthcare system as as uh, Black Americans do, and 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 again, that's from the historical nature of how that group was treated and and that legacy that's with them. And then you see somebody from the Caribbean or for, from Africa come over here and come over here, and they'll have a better experience. So there's a lot of things that are built into the system, dog, that uh, we don't really acknowledge. So that's what we're talking about. And unfortunately, a lot of a lot of the things that um, lead to people dying at a higher clip are things that are disproportionately in black communities, but also black and brown communities. And so that's one of the issues that we're finding with the coronavirus is the uh, disparities and in, in, uh, deaths from the, from the virus. So that's a whole nother subject. But to, to answer your original question, yes, I have taken care of COVID-19 patients or patients with uh, SARS coronavirus too, and uh, I've taken care of them both in the outpatient setting, meaning in the clinic, in the community, but also have taken care of them in the context of the, of the hospital. And um, basically, uh, you know, it's a real thing. And, and, and that's a whole nother thing I want to talk to y'all about is, is, uh, is all of the fake news surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic. It's like- what you, call, what you call it the fake Olympics? Yeah, I call that shit the fake news Olympics. I make sure to say that every time. Oh, cause this shit is crazy. Shit is no, crazy. I believe it. I mean, like, like, I bet you somebody on here watched watched the pandemic video. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Lisa said you sent it to everybody, right? You sent it. To, you sent I did. It to I did. Right. I did. And I bet you, I bet you, at least one of you believe believe that shit. 
No. No. <laughs> well, I, I, can, I don't want to say anything yet, but I don't, <laughs> I don't believe it. At least one of you believe that, that, that you did? No, did I didn't. Like, oh, who believed it? You did? Nobody, because we're like the, the pandemic as far as the, with the, what the news is saying and, and so well, forth, my, right? So no, I, I think he's, he's talking about the video that Lisa sent us. Yeah, did, did, did y'all did y'all like look at it and be like, wow, did, did y'all really believe what, what what was said in that video? No, I just think it's full of shit. It's just what we want to hear. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like, I, I mean, I used to work for the UN once upon a time. So I feel like there's just so much that goes on that they don't tell us in general. And there's so much that they can't tell us because, I mean, think about it. It's like kind of like how I've told them before, like there's a UFO. They're not going to tell us that there's really aliens or UFOs or anything like that because we don't know as Americans how to act, you know? We're yeah. already like shooting each other, fighting each other over toilet paper. Like it's mm -hmm. a new phenomenon that we've never had before from like caveman days and the Neanderthals and here we are, you know, yeah, fighting well. over the smallest things. So I feel like no, they're not going to tell us in reality what it is. They're probably yeah. putting people who died from coffins to go ahead and get money for insurance and saying that it's COVID-19 because then they collect extra money for that, you know? So I feel like there's a lot of negative stuff going on underneath that they're not telling people at the same time. So, no, I just think it's bullshit. Yeah. Nah, you hit the nail on the head, man. Agreed. Co-sign. Sign the seal. But I, what's... what? Because I think you, you covered on some like very important points, meaning that um, like at the end of the day, like you can't communicate everything to a population. Like parents can't communicate everything to their children, right? And I'm not saying that the government's the parent or we're the children, but like like you, you don't got to share everything with everybody at the end of the day. Like it, like it is what it is, right? And so there's things that go on um, without our involvement that we don't have any idea. And I think in the absence of information, people just make shit up. You know, they'll, they'll make up, make some shit up, and then it becomes a thing. I'm like, dog, like, where'd you get that from? But I think, <laughs> you know, like, and that the whole pandemic video was just some. I'm like, come on, like, whoa, <laughs> like, that like, went far left, huh? Huh? It went far left when you when you it seen went it. Way off. But but what I what I think people don't really understand, um, uh, from these videos, and they're not really appreciating, is that um, the reason why these videos are so effective is that they're, they're speaking to something that. Um, people want to hear, or they they want they want to. They're, they're addressing a need out there, right? And yeah. and like the reason why someone like Lisa shares it with everybody is because <laughs> it captivated you on some kind of a level. But at the end of the day, the fact that you shared it really accomplished the agenda of that video. Like, yeah, no, of course, what that video was for you to share, and and it's it, it was wildly successful in that regard, but. But separate and apart from that, it was a lot of misinformation in that video. And I think one of the things that they did was they figured out how to get your attention, one. But a lot of people who I know who are very intelligent believe that video. And excuse me, I think one of the things that the video did was uh, actually um, address like concerns that we have, like privacy concerns. And at least you brought this up, like the government's doing shit under our nose that we don't even yeah. know about. You would be like, Lisa, you know shit's yeah. popping off right now under our noses. I mean, you was, you was at the UN, you said, or WHO? Oh, UN? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so, so listen, like, once you, like, she's seen the sausage get made in the UN, so she knows, like, what's going on. And, like, in, in a time like this, 
you know, like some shit is popping off. Like, there's no way it's not. Well, so, yeah, so the one that, huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't want to cut you off. I just okay. wanted to like the one thing that I see that's uh, going on under our noses, and most people aren't going to read about it, mm-hmm. is how they're kind of killing two to three birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. So I see, like, you know, of course they're talking about the pandemic and so forth with COVID. So now they're, you know, they were talking about paper money and how they don't want to be on paper money anymore. Mm-hmm. And then literally, like, while this whole thing is going on, in the stimulus package is actually talking about digital currency, which is crypto. Mm-hmm. Now, not only that, with the U.S. Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, he's the secretary of the U.S. Treasury. He appointed the CVO of, I believe, Coinbase. You know Coinbase. You ever heard of Coinbase? Yeah, it's an app um, kind of that allows you to exchange a different bit. Crypto, uh, cryptocurrency. Like crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. And he appointed that person mm-hmm. to oversee all of the banks. He, over, he, he appointed the CVO, the chief visionary officer uh-huh. of that company to oversee all the banks. So it's kind of crazy because when you actually read the stimulus package, it talks about digital assets, which is digital mm-hmm. currency. So they need liquidity. Uh-huh. I, mean, I know but, a lot of people with the actual checks that still haven't even gotten there. Yeah, but that, that's not anything like that. You gotta, I just say you got to be careful with um, how you frame things because I notice how a lot of things get misinterpreted by individuals and and it's all about how they how they pitch it so uh part of the cares act they um uh i think it was a cares act don't quote me on that but it was uh, uh it was something that was put it put in a piece of legislation and a lot of people said you know the government's going to go around forcibly testing people for uh the coronavirus and basically it had it said nothing about forcing anybody to do anything it was just basically providing mobile units to give people easy access to testing. And so that got flipped into the whole, like, government's going to come to your crib under the right, right. of having to test you, and they're going to force you to do it. And while they're there, they're going to, you know, be able to find your guns and your weed, and they're going to lock you up, man. Like, this is what the government's doing. I'm like, nah, that's not what it's saying, you know? But, like, um, everything that you're saying, I, I mean, I haven't reviewed the legislation uh, or any, any of that information, but you, you have to be, be able to interpret it because at the end of the day, like, the, the banks have to evolve, right? Cryptocurrency is here, other forms of exchanges here, and, and we're in the midst of a pandemic. Um, it is what it is. And so I think that, you know, you want to be able to understand the context of the legislation, why it was passed and how it was passed and what, what the story was. Because you framed it up for me, but I need to, you know, like the, the reason why like, I, I like to think of myself as a scientist is that I always investigate things before I accept it and propagate it. It has to, I have to be able to, you know, um, study up on that piece of information and then push it out. And a lot of people don't do that anymore at all. It's like, they'll hear something and then, uh, like, oh, yeah. shit. And then they relay it. Let me get it out. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Right? Hey, hey yo, so, 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 like, I, I got, got, see, I like to talk shit, but, like, I, I'm human, yo. I, like, I make mistakes. And so my homeboy posted that, um, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Dave East got killed, right? Posted on his page, like, Davies got killed, right? <laughs> right? And so it was Davies' homie got killed, right? But I wanted to be the first to, to like, share it, so I put it in my group chat. I was like, oh, shit, like, you heard? It was like, nah, clown. Like, his homie got, got killed, you know what I'm saying? But I was so quick to want to uh, perpetuate that information. I want to, yeah, I like, yo, Bernard is the first one to, like, let people know that I didn't vet the information myself, you understand? And so I didn't share it on a popular group 
and and or like on my page. They just recently did that with the what is it? The president of China. They just did that. They said he died from oh yeah uh, brain uh, surgery and he really Korea. didn't die. Of North Korea, right? No, they, they said yeah. he died from the coronavirus. But yeah, and then the New York Post, the New York Post, which is really a questionable news organization, posted that uh, Kim Jong Un or whatever the, the, the president. Of the United States, died, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, but, but but they posted that, and a lot of people ran with it, and I was like, nah, because I knew about New York Post. And, oh, uh, I know. I was sitting there on Google, like you're joking. Someone said it to me in a text too. Yeah, my, my, my homie posted that on our group chat with New York Post. I was like, once I saw that, I was like, now nah, let me look this up. I'm like, nah, mm-mm. Like, they, that, that shit's made up. But I, but I vetted that shit off the rip. But, um, but like, with the, the, the Dave East thing, um, when I posted that, I was like, I qualified it. I was like, can anybody verify this? And then, like, we, we all started, you know, um, investigating. It was like, nah, this is, this is fake news. So, at the end of the day, like, that with a lot of misinformation, COVID-19 is the perfect environment for that. And so there's a lot of people sharing things that they hear, that they that somebody told them, and 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 they think that the person that's giving them the information is, is a is a credible person, right? Like like me, I, like I shared the, the, the shit with Dave East, and like um, I didn't vet it, right? And so you know, like I I gotta humble myself because we're all susceptible to it. And so when I, when I say a lot of people that I know are very intelligent, educated, share fake news with me all the time. I, I gotta like, you know, realize that we're all human. And like, because I know healthcare, because I know, you know, medicine, I, I, I like to stay in the lane that I, I know most so that, so that I could kind of inform people. But um, again, we're all susceptible to it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the way you phrase it. The headline sometimes is just like, it just catches your attention and then you just want to look at it. Make, like, you can make anything sound like a conspiracy theory. Man. The fact that, like big businesses and people who are wealthier got more from the stimulus package than, than pretty much anybody else, right? Like you could look at that empirically based on, on how the money was doled out and who benefited from it, right? That's easy. But yeah, as though like you know, like they they started the pandemic so they could do this. Like nah, bro. Like America always been like that, dog. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the same shit happened in in '08 with the the crash of the economy, like. Yeah. And I know people that if they didn't do the direct deposit or whatever, they still haven't gotten their check. Yeah, but listen, like, like you're, you're talking about the people, right? Like, that's just a function of being at the bottom of society, right? Like, oh, yeah. Anybody that, that, that's functional has no problem getting their check, right? Just think about the things that you take for granted. Having a bank account, filing your taxes. Like, if you filed your taxes and got your return, direct deposit, you should be good. But I'll let, you, I'll let you know how many people are not like that. Like, that's some, something so fundamental. And that, 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 that should let you know the scale of the catastrophe that this pandemic is having and going to have on that group of people. I, I, I feel like, in a sense, it's like a sense of control, you know? Was that? You have a bank account, you get money. You don't have a bank account, you don't get anything. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't even think it's, it's social control because... I still think that the government is giving money to the people if they can find their address and mail it to them. Like it's, it just makes it a little bit more difficult. But what what I think this is is I, I just think that um, you know things are evolving, society's moving along, and and just like in every other decade, century, millennia, the people at the bottom get left behind. It is what it is, <laughs> right? It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's true. It's been happening forever. 
Huh? Yes, it, it, this is nothing new. And so when there's a war, when there's a, a famine, when there's a hurricane, when there's, when there's an earthquake, the people at the bottom die more. It, it, it just, it's just a fact, you know? And so um, I think we're just kind of seeing that, seeing that play out in front of our faces. And, and, you know, one of the other, you know, tertiary, like the first, second, third order effects of the pandemic could be um, how we engage in the political system as a result of it. Because there's like a lot of blatant, blatant shit going going down in our face that we don't need a conspiracy theory for, you know. So, <laughs> like, you really don't like. And I think no, it's true. On, on the made up stuff, I'm like, dog, like, did <laughs> like, yo, yo, you guys not look look at the cares package? Like, look, like just look at that. Let's you just- know, there was actually a lady who was on. Um, I mean, I saw it on the internet. I think they were a Muslim family, um, and they. Actually- I sent you that. I sent you that. Was it you? I saw yeah. somebody else sent that to me too, and it was a Muslim family. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the name yeah, of the act. It's called HR six 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 COVID nineteen testing. We're gonna and talk about they, that. Yeah. They only have it in LA right now, and the the family. I don't know if they're Muslim or not, but the family was like, How, "Why are you coming to my house at this time of night?" And they had the cops there with guns and vests and the dog. And, yeah, and the dog, and then you had another lady that looked like she's like the representative of the health uh, department or whatever, and um, she's uh t- trying to like I guess she's like the icebreaker because everybody's tense because the cops are in the house, mm-hmm. the homes, and their job is really to make sure I guess if anyone coughs or anything like that, they're there to like uh <laughs> like check up on them, make sure everything's good. Yeah, so I don't know how they found out particularly they had the corona or whatever the case was, but. They come to their house to check up on them. So, did you hear about that, Bernard? No. Did, did you vet that? Did you like look into that a little bit more deeper than whatever? So, <laughs> yeah, I seen the video. So, I went into the um, Google and I went to go look at the bill. And um, there's a bill for that, but I don't know if that video yeah. is correct. Yeah. See, there you go. See, that's that's it. Like, you didn't do your research, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not a scholarly level of research. You said I went to Google. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah. you know, if you ever submitted that assignment to me, man, I'm like, yo, I would like, I would like take your homework and like kick that shit, like kick that shit out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was on Congress though. It was on Congress Gov the bill. Yeah, no, nah, I mean that's basically what I was mentioning earlier. That's the same thing I referenced earlier with the um, the testing, and people kind of reframe it and becomes a conspiracy theory. Like, uh-huh. I didn't even watch that video, but I'm telling you that. That HR sixty six or whatever. I don't even know what the what the actual. It's HR fifty ninety three, and it's uh-huh. an act that was back in two thousand sixteen. Uh huh. And what? So, so this was done before the COVID nineteen pandemic. Oh, and so what, what's that? So I thought it was something related to the COVID. I thought you. I thought no, he, no, no, it's not care. related. It's just now that uh, they're oh, apparently. I thought, I thought he said the Cure Act, though. No, 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 not the character. No, it's something different. And you basically seize and forfeit your assets based on whatever presumptions that they come to you with. So. No, I thought he said it was part of the CARES Act. No. Yeah, you should. No, I didn't know if it was part of the CARES Act or not, but. um. No, it's uh, not. Well, some just, it's some, it's some type double of act. check. I think they call it the Trace Act. That's what it's called. Oh, uh, uh, well, what does it have to do with COVID-19? And, and uh, being because uh, it was saying that COVID-19 was related to Well, no, they were basically session. using that law to seize and assess them because of COVID-19. So they basically used the bill incorrectly. 
And because normal citizens don't know the law, we wouldn't know whether they're incorrect or not. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's so just, I feel like it was more of like a misjudgment yeah. of the law. That's just baseline racism <laughs> or, or, you know, implicit. Well, the cops were white in, yeah, that's in retrospect, so. Well, I don't, I don't know. That's not much of a conspiracy theory. I mean, it, but it is. <laughs> I mean, like after 9-11 was way No, worse. I don't think that's I mean, conspiracy. Like, you don't need a conspiracy theory to, to look at how 9-11, how they did Muslims in 9-11. Like they had, oh, yeah. they, they had an entire policies to screen Muslim people. Like if you look like you was from that area, like, like <laughs> you, you was getting- Oh, I've gotten it plenty of times and I'm not even Muslim. So I, I like, completely feel for so, that. It, it was so incredibly blatant and unnecessary. Like if that doesn't, you don't need a conspiracy theory for that, right? Like we all know statistically, you're more white. Yeah, you're more. You already see that. There's my. I went too too quickly, but you're more likely to be terrorized by a white male, statistically, right, than a Muslim American or a, a Muslim speaking person. Period. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Muslim. I'm sorry. Muslim believing person to speak. Uh, Muslim uh, speaking uh, believing person. Or someone that that speaks Arabic, right? Like mm -hmm. I think, right. um, based on whatever perceived biases that we had, like not even to mention the, the cultural incompetency that we have as a as a nation, but we blatantly discriminated against an entire group of people. It was bad. But and I feel like I feel like we still, with our current, how do I say this about being like politically incorrect either? Like I don't know with Trump and everything going on, it's, I feel like it still hasn't gotten any better than it was in 9-11 either. No, no, it, it hasn't, it hasn't. But what I'm saying, all I'm saying is it hasn't gotten any better, but um, what I was referring to was the fact that um, like our government in the context of an emergency, like blatantly discriminated against a group of people. Like it was so bad. And then Trump comes in way after the fact and says, I'm, I'm literally gonna ban travel from these nations. Mm -hmm. Like you're better off like banning travel from Texas, right? <laughs> to cut down on terrorism than <laughs> yeah. any of these countries. And the fact that like we don't ban travel from Saudi Arabia, right? Like we're, we have like, you know, it's, you're an ally. Saudi Arabia is an yeah. ally. The U.S. lets you know whether or not you're genuine about that threat concern, considering right. um, the composition of the people who crashed in, into um, uh, the, the World Trade Center. Who they were from a large portion of them were, were from Saudi Arabia, and um, they're our allies. And so it's not it's not really about that threat. It, it, it was discriminatory at its base. And so I don't know. I, I think um, the fact that that happened is not a surprise. I mean, the same reason why you know black folks are disproportionately getting locked up for not respecting social distancing regulations. Yeah. Like that's uh, why is that any different? I don't need a conspiracy theory to tell you that. Anytime you said the police is in charge of this, niggas is gonna go to jail. Like I don't, I don't need a conspiracy theory to tell you that. <laughs> so yeah. and they're getting people going to jail just for wearing a mask. And I mean, it's something that's inevitable. We all kind of have to wear it. There's even some signs on doors that say you cannot enter without a mask. And then you've got, mm -hmm. you know, the security guard following around the black guy or the Spanish person or whoever, you know, person of color, just mm -hmm. because they've got a mask on or because their pants are saggy or because, you know. But it's like it's inevitable. We all have to wear masks right now so now we're going to even stigmatize it any more so than we already have been you know mm -hmm. but yeah exactly but anytime that the criminal justice system is involved and they got to enforce something anytime a rule is passed 
they they over police black people, man. It is what it is. Like, like they come looking for that shit. Like everybody, everybody that smokes weed, everybody does drugs, right? You know, like white Americans do drugs more, just as much, if not more, than black and brown Americans, right? Just based on if you walk into a home, you'd be like, this percentage of the of the families are doing drugs. But black people go to jail at a higher clip. Why? <laughs> right? And it's because black people live in zip codes that are over policed, right? And then they yep. have to deal with a lot of other implicit biases, but you gotta start with the fact that police is always in those no neighborhoods looking for something, <laughs> right? That's no, true. true. And, and, oh, uh, look at the dude with his, with his mask on, pants sagging. I know he up to something. Oh, right? yeah. And you know, you got, a little, you got a little weed in your pocket, right? Oh, they, no, they automatically think that. It's so, it's crazy to me that they do that. And I've even like seen it and then I have to like stop myself because I'm like, if you even say something or you start saying something, then they start having a rebuttal with you. And then no matter what, you don't win. So it's kind of like yeah. you say something and then they're coming at you and then it's like, well, Who's shit, they? now I got to shut up. And it's not even like. Who's they? Who's they? Yeah, no, you got like, to keep it. You know what I mean? Like the cops. Oh, the cops. Yeah, yeah, like you say something and it's like to defend somebody or because they're wrong or anything like that. And it's like, well, now you're subjected to being a victim as well because and getting arrested because you even try to stick up for somebody. You know what I mean? But but the thing about it is um, they're always going to win that win that argument. And oh, I think, always. I think a lot of times, like we put cops in an impossible position because they got to enforce bullshit ass laws. So like, you could have like a cool ass cop, right? Like they, they could be from your hood, whatever. So so let, let's even like subtract the fact that, you know, you have to be indoctrinated to become a cop. Like if they, it's like, you know, they're a gang, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they right. are. they're like a, they're a unit, right? They're, they're like um, a, a squadron, right? Like when you go to war, that's that's your home unit. That's like, right. you kill a nigga together if you're at war. So that's a whole nother level of, of gangdom. But, but they're tight as hell. So you, in order to become part of that brotherhood, or, you know, even if you're a woman cop, you're part of the brotherhood because it's part of this journalistic organization. Um, you have to, you know, um, contend with that, right? But let's say you get through that whole process, right? And you're not indoctrinated at all. And you're, you still have the mentality that you did before you became a cop, right? Pound for pound, you're still put in a position to lock niggas up, right? Absolutely. Like, because if you're in those neighborhoods, like your agenda is, is set to like, you know, catching people committing crime. So like, right. doing. So you, you, you're gonna be looking at people that, that and calling them suspects and then taking a, you know, you know, basically checking them for something illegal. What I noticed, a lot of them have guns, a lot of them have drugs and, and like laws disproportionately affect um, a certain group of people. So a lot of the social distancing regulations lead to black folks going to jail. So that's what I mean by that. By that. That's true. Right, and right. What, I, what I noticed too is like, I. And I, you know, I just like study people. I, I look at people's names. That's how I, I know kind of like where people are from. That's how I ask you if you're from the islands like St. Thomas and so forth, but I'm not gonna get into that. So like, <laughs> I, can, I can look, okay. So what I notice is when I look at the cops, I can tell they're not from this state. And I saw a video also on, on uh, I think it was on Instagram or YouTube. It was on Instagram and they were in the Bronx, right? And then they had a cop that came in and he was real country, like he was from Alabama or something. And the guy was like, you ain't, you don't even belong here. He's like, how are you gonna police us over here? You don't even know how to deal with us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm starting to notice is that 
Like you get a lot of cops from these different states and they don't know how to deal with us, but it's kind of like they come over here hunting. That's just to me. You know what I'm saying? In a way, well, it's I like know that like cops, when they get initiated, don't they have to pick and choose? You know, like it's wherever they're, they're kind of not drafted like the NFL, but isn't it like wherever you're basically taken into, like some cops will drive from Port St. Lucie all the way to Miami, you know, to work as a cop or you've got cops that will fly to Pennsylvania to go work because they can't get a job in this specific, you know, county or whatever. So I feel like that's kind of why we get some from different states. But I think that they just, I don't think you have to know how to treat somebody in a specific area or a zone. I think you just need to know how to be around people in general, you know? So if you can't deal with Floridians, how are you going to deal with a New Yorker? And then yeah, that's true too. And but I, but what I what I'm saying like kind of, I kind of saying it in a light way. It's like you know they know why they're coming to our neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like hunting, like you know, kind of like they they want the thrill. They want to do something. They don't want to be in their own hometown. It's like yeah, we want a certain demographic to do it. So, so you know what I'm saying? straight up saying that like that there's racists going to <laughs> come around. I don't. I don't think we're hunted. I think that definitely specifically only to be after seeing that whole Ahmed thing. Like I feel like that 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 goes to that case specifically. But I don't think that it's something. Does it happen? Absolutely. Am I saying it doesn't? No, but. I don't think that's the case and necessarily why cops in Florida are from different states or why a cop, you know, from Florida is in New York right now, you know. Hey, hey, so so what's crazy is that like like I agree with both of y'all, you know, like it's crazy because I, everything that Lisa said I agree with, with with and everything you said I understand and almost all agree with, meaning because like it's hard not to think that way if you open up a history book, right? Like it's just Por